You're listening to The Profile. Hi, welcome to The Profile podcast. I'm Andy Peck. For the past 17 years, I've been interviewing Christian leaders in the church and charity worlds and in the wider culture. It was John Maxwell who famously said, leadership is influence. It's our prayer that these conversations will help you in whatever spheres you have influence for God, whether in the home, at church, in your workplace or elsewhere. The show is brought to you by Premier Christianity magazine, the UK's leading Christian magazine. Get full online access and the print magazine every month by becoming a subscriber. See special offers available now at premierchristianity.com. If your church has full-time staff, it is unusual, at least from a worldwide perspective. Many churches have no paid staff or bivocational staff. Indeed, academic theologian Tom Schreiner suggested in a recent blog that the United States had more than one million bivocational leaders. So it's high time that we looked at leading as a bivocational leader on this show again, having looked at the topic just once before in 17 years. And I'm delighted to be joined uh, today by Emmanuel Mbakwe. Emmanuel is a pastor by calling and a management consultant by profession, as well as serving as a pastor for many years in a local church in central London that is part of the Apostolic Church UK. He served as the director of ACUK's School of Ministry. He also served as national leader of the movement for two terms from 2008 to 2016, having become the first apex leader of African descent of the church, a movement which was birthed as a result of the Welsh revival of 1904-1905, and now with a footprint in 100 nations and 15 million members worldwide. His other vocation is as a consultant leader with significant board-level business transformation, business and commercial strategy, and change management experience in a wide variety of industries, sectors, and organisations. His charitable interests include serving as a trustee for Premier. So I'm delighted to welcome Emmanuel to the Leadership Show and look forward to discussing how bivocational ministry has worked for him. So welcome, Emmanuel. Thank you, Andy, and thank you for the invitation. And it's my pleasure and privilege to be here. Super. Emmanuel, there'll be many different forms of bivocational ministry in terms of the time devoted to church and to business. So how does the work divide work out for you? As you say, there are many different types of um, forms by vocational ministry. At a very basic level, my way of thinking, it's about serving God in different settings of life, using the same or different gifts, talents and abilities that God has given to us. Um, and uh, we could serve either in what I what is usually called the first sector, the second sector or the third sector. For those who um, don't understand that particular terminology, it means you serve in the private sector, the public sector, or the not-for-profit sector. And in terms of my journey, um, answering the question specifically and directly, uh, my direction of service, I served in the church um, in a variety of roles as pastor, and at the same time as an executive in the private sector organization, private sector organization. And, um, and serving also as chairman of the board of our local uh, trust, uh, which was focused on missions and delivering much-needed services within the local community in North Lambeth, um, such as a daycare nursery, Saturday school, homework club, youth mentoring, and so on. So that were the three basic areas of involvement at the same time. And, and uh, 
you can probably hear someone say, wow, that's a lot. How do you cope? That's another story. Maybe we'll come to it in the course of our conversation. Um, can I also add, as you, as you said in the intro, that there, were, there was a period when I downed tools, when I said I downed tools in terms of uh, the private sector and uh, exclusively uh, served in ministry in the church as uh, the, the national leader of our movement. And uh, the, that was the only period, um, the eight-year period, where I was not involved in anything to do with business or any work outside of church per se. Uh, and how did the timing-wise, how did things progress? You left school or university or whatever, and wh wh where was your first role, as it were? Good, qu good question. Um, I after after school, I, I went to university. Uh, after my first degree, I, I went on straight to business school. And I recall um, that the, the, there had been prophetic uh, messages uh, concerning my life from from when I was quite young. And I was conscious of those and, and also prophetic words as I was growing up. And I was conscious of that fact. And so as I was coming to the end of my my year, um, in business school, I said to God, God, I, I really want to serve you. Um, and, uh, and, and, and I would like to serve you in my local church, a local church where I came to faith in Christ. And, and uh, I, I, I prayed to God to give me a job, help me to get a job and, and to, to, that will enable me to be in London. And miraculously that happened. Now that's another story. So, uh, as I started work and I began to serve in various roles in my local church, first as an elder and a pastor, as well as uh, additional roles that I had at national level. Uh, at the same time, I was working in corporate life, as I mentioned earlier. And so uh, an executive in marketing and then later on uh, as a management consultant. So I was serving in both the church and the local uh, and, and the private sector, but essentially, it, my coming back to London for me was an answer to prayer. I just felt a leading by God, and God facilitated my coming back into the city where I grew up, and uh, to be able to serve Him in my local church. Oh, fabulous! And Emmanuel, some people, when they think of their uh, non, if you like, their non-church work, think of it as kind of tent making. So. This uh, this earns my living in order to do the other stuff. Others see that as as a vocation. It sounds to me like you see your business as vocational as well as your church life as vocational. Yes, I, I struggle with that kind of dichotomy. Um, I, I I personally don't see the distinction, Andy. Uh, um, I don't think it exists um, because one who ministers is also serving. If all work uh, is offered to God. That, to my mind, is service. Whether you work with your hands or you're a knowledge worker or you're working in um, in a different area, whatever the area you're working in, so long as we see Jesus as our ultimate employer, um, whatever we do, we are actually serving him. Um, so I, I, if you are professional, an accountant or whatever else you're doing. Um, and, and, and you're also uh, working with your hands. Whatever you're doing for me, um, so long as the, the, the focus and the understanding, it is that God, what we're doing, whether the paycheck comes from uh, um, an earthly employer 
uh, the ultimate employer is God, and we must do all things as unto the Lord. And very early on in my business career, I saw my work as one of uh, bringing about change. Um, this really crystallized in 1980, 2005, when I was involved in a consortium, a consulting consortium, and we're given up this huge uh, questionnaire to complete. And one of the sections, they asked the question, what's your life's mission? Um, almost out of nowhere, and, uh, and, and I believe it was from the Holy Spirit, as I think about it, I wrote these words, helping people become. That struck me and, and has stayed with me ever since. Uh, so I see the connection between um, being a pastor, being a consultant, um, and as part of my ministry, um, regardless of the setting. That's really helpful. And in a sense that the, the, the language of bivocational is a little bit um, tinged with um, poor theology, isn't it? Because it's univo univocational, really. You're serving yes. Jesus, whether yes. you're in the business world or church or, or charity or whatever. So that's ab ab absolutely that's enormously helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Whatever setting that we're involved in, we are yeah. serving the Lord. Sure, sure. Um, so, so Emmanuel, obviously, you you connect with business associates who are not believers. What do they make of the fact that you're so heavily involved in in church life and and church leadership? I have to say that over the years, uh, my colleagues have been very um, positive and understanding. Um, many knew that I was a Christian, and I, I made no secret of it. Uh, many also were aware of the fact that I was a church leader. And uh, I, I have often said to our folks um, that I don't stop being a Christian or a pastor because I don't a suit and walk into the offices of a major company. So my colleagues knew and understood what I, I, I stood for. And, and I can recall several occasions, particularly in the early 2000s, when there was a lot of pressure, a lot of downsizing, people were losing their jobs. I remember one particular week being approached by three different people who said to me, uh, Manny, uh, which is what I'm known in the, in the workplace as, can we talk to you? And uh, we go into a room and often and, and to, to a meeting room and they say, and I said to them, why do you want to talk to me? They said, because you look like someone we can trust. And so people um, burden themselves, the pressure of the work, uh, workplace, et cetera, et cetera. So people understand. So I don't make a secret of the fact that I'm a Christian and I, and I follow Christ. Um, so I remember um, 2018, I, I was um, in West Africa doing a change initiative for a, a major client. Uh, with a, a colleague on from the client side. And we've been working for about a week and a half. And on, this was in, in Nigeria. We were flying back from Abuja on the Saturday morning uh, as we got to the airport around 6.30 in the morning because it was an early flight back to London. Uh, she looked at me um, after I ordered coffee and croissant for her. She said, you're a pastor, aren't you? Um, I smiled. I said, so I am. And uh, <laughs> she said, Yes, I knew and I suspected um, because of what you've been saying all throughout the workshops, the way you, you talk to people. And she said it, it kept her intrigued. So she had to Google my name to confirm to herself. So um, people have, have, have been very generous. People have been very understanding. And I can go on and give lots of other examples, but it has been 
uh, very encouraging to see that people uh, intuitively uh, detect uh, where you stand even before you say it. No, that's that's lovely to hear, Emmanuel. Um, uh, Emmanuel, in terms of time levels, and that's probably where listeners are thinking crumbs. You you know you've you do an awful lot. Uh, you know I, my introduction gave a a scope of the kind of things you're involved. Um, has it been difficult to give sufficient energy to the church alongside the business or vice versa? I have to say that um, difficult, challenging, uh, taxing, if you want to apply any of those words to um, the experience, they, they all apply because there's a huge difference um, between focusing on one thing rather than juggling so many things at the same time, which is what is involved in um, this uni-bivocational calling that um, many of us have. Um, but it, it, it really does call for um, what it's uh, usually referred to as smart working uh, and seeking to be very efficient and focused and using time effectively and efficiently. Uh, one thing that I, I have learned over the years and, and God has taught me is to always strive to be diligent in terms of planning. I have a diary and I, I use it. Um, I have a do list on my desk or on the phone and I constantly update that list. And that forms part of my planning toolkit. And I try to also make use of different opportunities. For example, if I'm going to a client site, uh, when I used to do a lot of travel, I don't do so much now. Um, if it's more than two hours, I don't drive. I use a train um, because I figured that I can better use my time. Um, also, I'm less tired. And if I have to stay overnight um, in a hotel while I was working on a client site, evenings are, are my evenings, and I use those for, for church work as well. So it's about being really judicious with one's time. Um this is not without his personal challenges because it, it does impact family life. Um, I was not able to attend some major school events or functions or because, either because of a professional work or church work. Um, so one thing that I, I, I really want to, uh, I really appreciate is the fact that God gave me a very supportive spouse, my wife, Helen, who over the years has, has, uh, more than held her side of 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 the of the of the of the reins, as it were, and without her, I would not have been able to do the things uh, that I, I I did. And uh, having said all that, Andy, the bottom line for me is that it's all of grace. It's taken the grace of God to be able to do it. No, it's lovely. Well, lovely to hear, Emmanuel. Um, Emmanuel, you're involved in in change management, and that could be a whole. Uh, program in itself of course but you do that as a consultant but then of course you're in a a church environment where we're looking at volunteers i'm just wondering if you're able to compare the two hmm. I, I heard the phrase this phrase many years ago the tyranny of the volunteer yeah. um the the, the the volunteer is a tyrant and because you don't have uh leverage in terms of paying rations and uh, the volunteer can pull the the pull the pull 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 the plug at any time. Of course, there are there are parallels between secular uh, change issues and ch church uh, change matters. Um, so, for example, um, change. Uh, oh, by the way, the church is. I was saying to someone the other day, the church is the oldest brand 
um, uh, around. And so with with the brand, it's it's very difficult to um, begin to tamper with it. You, it's like uh, when the Q2 was around. You know, you couldn't you you have to take permission to change the paintwork. Um, and with the church, it's a little bit of a challenge that way. And so we see many areas where there are similar touch points um, between secular organizations and the church when it comes to change culturally. Um, the way we do with culture for me is the way we do things or do life around here, or in terms of structure, in terms of direction, in terms of vision and mission, in terms of values, you know, uh, our guiding principles, in terms of what processes do we adopt, what procedures do we follow. And in terms of, of course, um, within the secular space, we'll talk about products and services. So the church is here to serve. And so those those matters, those are matters that cut across both arenas. Uh, for me, for the church, within the church, one big area of distinction is, of course, the area of doctrine. Uh, when it comes to the doctrine or the truth of the gospel, that for me is non-negotiable. Uh, and from my perspective, Christianity, is fundamentally about being counterculturally relevant. Uh, yet we know that the truths that have been once delivered, the faith that has been once delivered is immutable in principle, but yet it has to be dynamic in operation. Yes, there are similarities uh, between secular and church space, but there are also areas of diversions or diversion, for example, the, the matter of doctrine. Emmanuel, there will be uh, listeners whose situation will be very different from yours in terms of bivocational ministry. But I just wonder if there's some some principles that you've learned over the years that you might think this, this might be good value for, for people listening. Yes, yes. Um, the, 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 there will be tests, there will be challenges along the way, and there, there are. Um, and, and so one of the things, that I've been um, very conscious of is the need to be clear about the call to serve God. Um, for me, the call of God is a starting point. It's actually the anchor because I always go back to that as, as the, the thing that holds me in the midst of the challenges that are. The, the other thing is in terms of be clear about the location or the place of service. Um, there, there, there's always a risk um, to be doing um, somebody else's role or ministry. Uh, be clear and, uh, with about the grace that's on your life um, and be comfortable, as they say, stay in your lane. If God has another arena for you to operate in, then embrace it when the time comes. Um, there is also the issue, for me, it's a principle of being willing to pay the price because uh, serving Jesus is not cheap. Um, it cost him his life. Um, for us to be saved, um, for us to have eternal life. Therefore, the call to for us to take up our cross and follow him uh, does not change with time uh, or, or season or even location and places. Um, there is also the issue of, for me, having a shared vision with your wife. Um, uh, if we didn't have a shared vision, that would have been really, really difficult. So um, right at the beginning when we were caught in, um, I'm grateful to God for that. There was an alignment. That, um, there was a call of God on my life, and uh, she felt she, she there was a call of God on her life. She has her own ministry as an intercessor and uh, one who moves ministers and deliverance. Um, so shared vision is really important. 
Can two walk together? Said that we agreed. Amos three three. The answer, of course, we know what it is. The, the, there is also the uh, the issue of getting mentors and role models and, and being willing to be accountable. Uh, I've been I'm grateful over the years for the mentors that I've had. Um, people that who know you know they're going to ask you direct questions and ask you questions about how you're progressing. And uh, the, 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 there is also the issue of understanding that there are times and seasons and, and discerning uh, when the time or season of a particular role or ministry or location has come to an end and being willing to, to, to move on, to let go. As uh, someone has said, um, that you have to give up in order to go up. So if you want to progress, I, 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 I've learned to hold on to things lightly so that when God says it's time, I, I let go because I know that there is another season that lies ahead. So hence the time when between 2008 and 2016, you were more fully working with the church. That was a season yeah. for you, I guess. Yeah. Yes, indeed. indeed. Um, just prior to that, um, when the call came in our church council, um, I, I, I didn't see it coming at that time. Uh, I knew there was a call of God. I didn't see it coming at God. Call. I knew that at one point, at some point, I'm going to transition into a different role, not necessarily as national leader. But um, over over time, things had happened in our lives and or words that have come to us, that's myself and my wife, we knew uh, that God had a, a plan and a purpose for us. And I remember um, in council when my name was announced, actually I broke down, I'm not ashamed to say it, I broke down in tears um, for me because I knew uh, that there was a season in my life, in our life as a family actually, that was coming to an end and another one was about to begin. But it's been exciting, it's been, it's been a blessing. Uh, through over over those years oh wonderful um emmanuel are other books that have helped you uh, along the years either in by vocational or just in general leadership or christian leadership yeah um th there are i i can't i can't um cover them all but i i just mentioned one or two but but before i do that um it's it said that the, the first person you lead is yourself so for me, it's about you know self-regulation. It's about self-management. It's about self-discipline and our own personal agency. Um, but that said, so in terms of leadership and 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 change management, and leadership side, a book that I, a couple of books um, that I found really helpful: um, "Spiritual Leadership" by Giles Saunders and "The Making of a Leader" by Frank Damasio. And of course. Um, I'm a John Maxwell fan, and uh, he's one author that I, I admire, whose books I found helpful. For example, the tw 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership and Leadership Gold. Uh, there, there's also, um, uh, if I may, um, related to time management and change, um, the series One Minute Manager, Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson. Those are useful books. And there's a tiny little book on change with a personal change or corporate change or group change um, by Spencer Johnson entitled Who Moved My Cheese? And of course, um, not forgetting um, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. But having said all that, um, my, my, the Bible is my favorite book and for good reason. 
uh, one of the reasons that I, I often do read the, I come to the text um, using different optics. So I read passages, um, whether Old or New Testament, from either a leadership perspective, uh, a consultant's perspective, or change managers, or even uh, or even a team perspective, trying to say, ask God, what are you saying in relation to these areas and other areas? And uh, my family will tell you that I tell them that you know my 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 job as a consultant is in the Bible, and lots of it. And I said, look, Jethro, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law was the first pro bono consultant and change advisor in the Bible, because he gave Moses real insight, the implementation of which saved Moses from burnout, and so that the mission of God and the vision of God for his people was on track. Um, so I hope um, the listeners find um, these suggestions helpful. Well, it's been terrific to chat with you. And thank you for sharing so much of your story and uh, for, if you, as it were, for flying the flag for what we have called bivocational ministry, but is actually really univ- univocational as we all yes. serve the Lord. So thank you so much, Emmanuel. Thank you, Andy. Pleasure. It was great to chat with Emmanuel Mbakwe. Uh, that's Emmanuel and his surname spell M-B-A-K-W-E. And he recommended a number of books there. And if you are scrambling for a pen, uh, here they are again. Uh, Spiritual Leadership by J. Oswald Sanders. The Making of a Leader by Frank D'Amazio, D-A-M-A-Z-I-O. Uh, he mentioned John Maxwell, number of leadership titles, of course, he particularly mentioned the the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Uh, Ken Blanchard's uh, gone a series of books as well, uh, The One Minute Manager being perhaps one of his most famous. The book by Spencer Johnson, Who Moved My Cheese? And the leadership classic, Stephen Covey's Seven Laws of Highly Effective Leaders. So so if you're stuck for something to read uh, on leadership, then there's some great recommendations from Emmanuel and if you're involved in bivocational leadership or perhaps uh, wondering about whether you should be, um, maybe you've uh, got opportunities to do church work or maybe you're in, you're in church and you have opportunities to do non-church work, uh, maybe uh, Emmanuel's conversation with me might be of uh, inspiration and help to you. As uh, we said at the very start, there are more Christian leaders who are bivocational than there are uh, full-time uh, in church work so uh, god bless you if that's uh, your particular calling it's been my joy as always to be your host and uh, do join me again next week thanks for tuning in you've been listening to the profile in association with premier christianity magazine